What's up, everyone? I'm your boy Jay Rodriguez here, and welcome to Vibe with Pride. Uh, I'm going to be doing this great virtual new series, and I love that I just said great because it is great. Uh, it's a new virtual series where I have really in-depth conversations with some of your favorite LGBTQ plus artists, including indie artists. Um, it's our way of supporting them during um, not just the pandemic, but in life. And as you notice, um, many of our indie artists can't find their way to the airways, but their music is sometimes even better than what we hear from commercial radio. And as someone who has uh, personally worked in uh, LGBTQ plus radio before, it was always shocking to me that they wouldn't play the music of the artists that we see at Pride. And I thought that was so unfair. And so I partnered with San Diego Pride to bring you this program, Vibe with Pride. Now, uh, my second guest, because we're in episode two here, um, is someone that I've known for over a decade. He rose to fame on American Idol and then was sent off the show under what I would consider suspicious circumstances. He is a dear friend of mine and like a kissing cousin, I would say. Um, ladies and gentlemen, queer fam, LGBTQ plus folks, please welcome David Hernandez. What's up, David? What's <laughs> up, guys? How you doing? So I feel like I need dual citizenship just to watch this because you're streaming now from where you're working, which is Puerto Vallarta and beautiful Bedroom, yeah. by the way. Thank you. You know what? I've had some generous friends lend me their places to to be able to work and live in this city right now. And it's just been yeah. a blessing. So I'm super grateful. But yeah, you, you actually just need like a six month visa, really. Oh, well, I've had generous friends who've <laughs> let me things, but nothing in the lines of an apartment. So I, I wish I need to know your friends. Um, hey, okay, so yeah. uh, you and I know each other for, I mean, over 10 years now. I don't know if you know, I did the math. It's about 11 years. And um, is this weird? Because I've had you on, when I used to work in radio, we chatted, but there's no visual with radio, and so I can actually see you and look at you now. Um, is this weird? Are you feeling comfortable? Are you good? It's I, I'm, I feel really comfortable. I mean, it, it's a little bit weird because I feel like you and I have had so many in-depth personal conversations over the years, so it's nothing new to me. But since other people are watching, it feels like, oh God, let's should we just say well? Let me say this to our for, minds. Yeah, let me say this for people who are watching. David and I have had conversations before. We've certainly <laughs> have done, uh, I think, maybe two interviews on radio, but. Um, you know, you gave me permission um, to kind of have a no no hold bar interview with you and no questions off limits. Um, yeah. I love you so much. And you and I have witnessed each other's transition through the years, overcoming really sticky situations and 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 really complex um, 
things that um, you know you've shared, I've shared, but we've never talked about yeah. them together. So thank you for like giving us a little bit of your time here with on Vibe on Pride. I, I want to start with just educating people on how you got started on sort of the you know public level, um, and that would be American Idol. It was a great opportunity, and I remember seeing you and feeling like reflected because uh, we don't look alike, but we're yeah, you say that can, we're confused for each other sometimes, but. Um, it was the first, I was in London shooting Queer Eye and I, and I, and well, you were on TV and then I went to London and I was following your progress and um, I was so, um, I just felt so bonded to you even before I met you um, because you you were Latin, you have this insane voice and um, you just have a beautiful spirit, but the the experience on Idol, as beautiful as it was, was also really layered for you. So can you talk to me a little bit about kind of the drama that maybe some other folks don't quite know? Yeah, um, well, it really just started in Phoenix, Arizona, singing with cover bands when I was 17. They would sneak me to the, to the nightclubs and then I'd have to be snuck immediately out. Nobody really knew my age, but they knew like, this kid is not 21. Yeah. Um, and then I got signed when I was 21 to Universal Mu uh, Music Group. Um, Amazing. And when I was dropped from that label, as a lot of artists are, uh, I was encouraged by my manager at the time to audition for American Auto, which at that time, I thought American Auto was so hokey. It was just not my vibe. I, I, wasn't, I wonder uh, about that. So I, artists I, I, thought that back then? Back then it was well, like, yeah. they don't do that. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That you know, it was more like a quick track to fame versus the hard work that a struggling artist must okay. go through. You know, okay. so it was that kind of vibe, but you know, I, um, I ended up going and I, I rode with my best friend and just to get really candid with you, my best friend was driving and I was smoking weed the whole way uh, because I was depressed about being dropped. I knew I wasn't going to make American Idol. I had no chance. A little Latin boy from Guadalupe, Arizona, like, oh, God, give me a break. So I just knew it wasn't going to happen for me. Um, I got there. It happened for me. And it was from that moment, I was like, oh, well, I guess because I didn't give a shit, I guess it's just going to keep happening. So it just kept going and going. And I just didn't feel any stress about it until we got to the top 24. Then I felt like, oh my God, I could win this thing. I hope nobody finds out that I like boys. And then everyone found out I like boys, which is probably another question you have for me later, but it well, was- Well, I can ask you now, how did, they, how did they find out that you liked boys? Because by the way, that would have been information that I would have really liked to know at the time. So I could have yeah. deepened my crush on you when I saw you on Idol. Well, let me just also say before I say how they found out that I used to watch your show secretly as a little boy, like a little, like, I think I was maybe, I, I don't, we're not that much different in age, no, but, but I, I remember, I remember having, I, was a I had to shut eye. it off when my dad yeah. walked in from being, you well, know, it's so funny because the show was called Queer Eye for the Straight Guy season one. So right. technically it would have been for you, but carry on. But I think my dad and mom always kind of knew what was up. So it wasn't, mm. they, they knew why I was watching if they would have caught me. So, Got but anyway, um, but so that, but so thank you for saying that you saw me and you saw a little bit of yourself in me because I saw a little bit yeah. of myself in you as well. Um, yeah. But, uh, but they found out because during the top 12, uh, Perez Hilton and Access Hollywood, Perez Hilton was the first one actually who outed me publicly and for my former profession as a stripper and also for being a gay man. And then all the media outlets caught on to that and it just became this public shaming moment. And I don't, you know, I've never really been like a martyr or like, oh my God, like the woe is me. But looking back, like it was very much shaming when shaming wasn't really a thing to be fought at that time. So, 
you know, it, looking back, I'm like, wow, like I really wish that things would have, people or entities would have came to my defense, but you know, I had to clap for my damn self and move on past it. And I had great family to help, but yeah, it, it was, it was not a cute look to be outed when you're not ready to be. It's so funny to me because it's so layered, right? Because the gay thing, we can talk about that in a minute, but the stripper yeah. thing, like I've known you for, like I said, over a decade and yeah. um, you're not like the first one on the dance floor. You're never really, <laughs> you're kind of like me. We go out in public spaces, but we're never really looking to be the center of attention, which is, no. I think a lot of performers are like that. We're just like, we perform on stage, but we don't really want to be on blast yeah. any other yeah. time. Um, so it's actually kind of interesting and hard for me to like imagine you and your best like Channing Tatum Magic David self. <laughs> like that's kind of weird for me to process, but um, because I know my you name, so my much. name, my name on the dance floor or on the strip was Caden with a K. I was Caden. Caden, you know, and I chose that name because I always wanted my firstborn son to be named Caden, and now it's just ruined. Obviously, I can't name him Caden. Meanwhile, during but... <laughs> this interview, we are going to see your firstborn son, which is your dog. Not yeah. named Caden. No, not <laughs> um, named Caden. So yeah. <laughs> um, it was, what year was, can you bring me back? What year was it that you left the show? I left the show in 2008. It was okay. May of 2008. It was after the finale. My contract was up three months later. And then I just started working. A lot of it was my Michael Orland, who helped me put me in a promoter named Scott Standard, who put me on like several tours. So I got really, really lucky, but I was also really, really driven. Like I would show up, I was that kid that would show up to like every single like red carpet, every single party, I would talk to everyone. I still do that. Like I just enjoy being social, yeah. but not being the center of attention when it comes to I those know. things. I just like, I'll, I'll walk it and then I'll be like, okay, we're good. So I'm going to go mingle now. I want to be normal. So, I mean, yeah, you nailed it when you said that. Well, I think, you know, you came out publicly a couple years ago. It wasn't necessarily news for your inner circle, but, you know, it was a big step for you because yeah. along your path, which I was there for, you had several people in entertainment in all spheres from management to people who work in the music industry to even, I'm sure, friends who were in your ear telling you yeah. it would be career suicide if you came out of the closet. Why did yeah. you ultimately decide it was the right time for you to come out? And when you did come out, what do you think your biggest fear was in that moment? Uh, well, the biggest fear was what they were saying would happen, which didn't end up happening. But at that time, what I was had been that, conditioned, by the way? your career is going to be over. You're not going to get booked anymore. You're not going to have fans. No one's going to listen to you. They have this idea of who they think you should be. And you should really play to that, which mm. now it sounds ludicrous. Like why have someone love you for who you're not? I would rather you hate me for who I am. Right. That famous quote. Oh. Um, but the reason that I decided to come out was much bigger than myself, Jay, honestly, like I, I had so many fans from 2008 up until now, up until the point I came out in 2016 publicly that were little kids in the middle of nowhere and whether it was you or the United States that would say like, I'm a gay boy and, or I'm a gay girl and you really inspire me. Like what made you comfortable with your sexuality? And truth be told is that I never really got personal with them and, and said that I was gay. And, and that really pains me because years later, I found out that some of those people had either taken their own lives or been murdered because of who they were in these towns. And so for me coming out in 2016 was really a responsibility. I felt like how can I sit here and 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 kind of like play to this audience that I'm this like pop 
guy that's you know was on American Idol but yet like I'm not showing all of myself and I'm not saying you have to show all of yourself all the time but that's a huge chunk of who you are like being yeah. gay and or being that's just I mean yeah it's a it's a portion of me but in the times that we're in right now I think it's really important to stand up and speak of the voices that don't have a platform and so that's why I really came out and people I got so many supportive comments but then I got a few hateful ones which we always read and they were like, oh, he's just doing it for publicity as if I needed it at that point. Like, it was just, it was so stupid. And people are always going to be negative and hateful. But my whole motiv motivational, my whole motive for that moment was really just to inspire those little kids that didn't think they could do that because the world, since the beginning of their, you know, time has said, if you're gay, like, you can't be a pop star, or you can't sell records, or you, or you can't even just make music, like, or you can't, you know, be beautiful, or you can't have a husband or a wife, like, that was so important to me. And I think I, it really clicked in 2016 for me when I recorded Beautiful and the music video. Yeah, and I love that music video. I know that when we first met, um, you know, full disclosure, because we're just putting everything on the table. I remember <laughs> being so angry that you were closeted and playing prides. And here I was out yeah. and hustling to try to get in prides. And this was before I really knew you. I just kind of knew you socially and you know having known you for so long now and seen your organic journey of self-discovery yeah. and by the way you know our our journey and and our um opportunity to be our most authentic self and share that publicly is in our timing it's not you know it's not yeah. someone else's call to say when someone is ready or when it's safe for someone else to come out so absolutely yeah, I've gotten to really experience it firsthand and it's so beautiful because, you know, our conversations have gone from your fear around it to your passion about yeah. sharing who you are and saying you can be whomever you'd like to be and how you want to present and still put yeah. forth really impactful music, right? And, yeah. um, you know, you'd be hard pressed to find a whole lot of relatable you'll see them at pride out you know latinx uh queer artists um that have been around as long as you have um and so do you think that that impacted the coming out moment in your in your life did that impact the music and any kind of the the visuals that would accompany the music you mean coming out at that point yeah like coming out did it did it free yeah. you in your lyric writing and did it free you in your music videos like do you yeah. do you still have to in this present day defend your identity to people who want to chime in about your creativity i don't really defend that no i don't really defend that anymore i just don't feel the need to i kind of just shut that down when it happens unless it's somebody that really needs it sort of to be educated that i feel like will receive it i don't i don't really Play to those audiences anymore and i have such a great support system but mm -hmm. i will say that like even seeing your evolution has been pretty pretty ridiculously amazing because even when i see on your live streams like you're so can i cuss on here i mean listen no one told me no i'm waiting for the private chat to blow up with them you're like, so we'll bleep it out later when we post it you're so comfortable in your own skin and it's so inspiring it's made me comfortable in my own skin watching you not just this year but also the years before, like, and I, I remember meeting you for the first time and you weren't as comfortable as you are now. And it's just such a great thing. I remember Oprah saying one time, like, I didn't start feeling beautiful until I was 50. And like, mm -hmm. I just hope that I can feel that way sooner. But if it happens, yeah. it could be great, but I still have my yeah. insecurities and stuff. But well, I, I don't do think too. I've ever I, been more I, comfortable than I am now, for sure, like that, without a doubt. 
Yeah, and I think you and I, because of the societal com comparisons, have always kind of like, you know, uplifted each other and also been inspired by each other. But, but moreover, it's sometimes, you know, it's tricky being an out queer man in the society that tells you, you know, there's certain parameters. And, and when it yep. came to like music and sexuality, I think part of the impetus that was um, driving folks to tell you stay closeted is because when you're Latin, you're there's as an actor, there's like a handful of roles and Latin lover is right up on there. And I'm sure yeah. it's the same with music. We need him to be uh, accessible for people to fantasize about. I will tell you this and to all my Jaybirds watching, all my, my fam who are my virtual happy hour clan, that I, I have every day on my Facebook every afternoon. Um, they're from all over the world, and there's a bunch of women who know full, the full, the full, uh, you know, spectrum of my queer existence, and they still that still you know, think have, you're sexy. Yeah, and they're comfortable sharing it, and I'm comfortable hearing it. Listen, Adam Lambert has such a mixed fan base, and women of all ages still want to get in his pants, no matter if he's gay or not. I think mm -hmm. it's so important to to change this, just like we change everything in hundreds of millions of years or whatever. But to stop stop letting people create this narrative for us, yeah. you know, yeah. that you have to be the heartthrob for for just the women or just the men. Like it's you don't have to be anything. Like you can just be in your art and your craft and still yeah. be successful, and and people will still like you. And the ones that that put you in a box, like they're still stuck back in the day. Like that's know, right. The racist, yeah, the racist I agree. I, I'm not that, trying to yeah. go backwards with things. I'm trying to go forward. This no. going forward. We're in this global and, and pandemic. I, yeah, and I know it's really hard to sit here and to be the first to speak, whether it's you or me or anybody else to be, to, to say like, you know what? I'm not going to subscribe to that theory. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Not gonna I know it's difficult, but the more of us that do it, the more that we can see change, not just for ourselves, but for the generations that come. And I think that that's really important about the, you know, the younger generation now is it like they're ruling the world. So if you're not cool with non-binary or trans or, you know, any of the above, like any people that, not, fall, that fall within the parameters of our community or any human, let's just say that. Right. Exactly. Then you're you out get with it. You got to get you got to yeah. get with it because it's you know, changing rapidly. Yeah. yeah. If I can pivot to the pandemic, you know, everything has been um, challenging and different. And and you and I, when we are not, you know, when you're not making an album or doing massive concerts, you're touring and doing your cabaret show, as am I. We are at our core live performance oriented entertainers. And that is that is slow the heck down since yeah. this pandemic has started. And for me, you know, I just started going live on my verified Facebook page and developing this audience and I started a website, but you managed to write music, put out music videos. So how has this pandemic, if you can be specific, really impacted your career? Because I want people to know from, from an indie artist who thrives when the world is open and you're doing you know really well and everything was beautiful yeah how are you maintaining that because you're producing such incredible art um and it's and the caliber is so good you know yeah well thank you jay um i it looks better than it is to be honest that social media is very deceiving sure um yeah. you know it's it's in the beginning of the pandemic, I was drinking a lot and I was sleeping a lot and I was really, uh, I had I had no direction. I didn't really, because every week there was another two or three gigs being canceled. I lost almost $60,000 this summer within the course wow. of three months. Um, and I'm sure you can relate, but- I'm like, that that's my annual stuff, salary, you know. <laughs> 
No, I mean, let's be honest, but every, you know, whatever. Every, it depends on the year, um, but I mean, like, yeah, yeah exactly. it's a lot of money. No, but it's a lot but of money to lose. It's a lot of money. And, you know. It's a lot of money. And because after that, I don't work for four or five months. So, right. you know, you save that money. Wait, it's not what people, that for people because what we Because we're here on San Diego Pride's page. I think what's important for people to understand is that, like, yeah. a lot of entertainers in this space make money um, during the Pride circuit. And they, they yeah. tour with that. And, yeah. Yeah. And I, and I love how our community shows up for us. It's amazing. But when it's, you know, when we're in a pandemic, it sucks. But yeah, so you make like a chunk of money in that frame of, you know, three or four months. And then you're not working until maybe a few Christmas shows in December. And then as in Jay's case, you get booked for a pilot the following year, but then you don't see that money for three months. So you, it, people think that because you're in the public eye, like that you're getting, you're not getting the cash flow right away. And also you're not taking into account, there's a lot of taxes too. So so oh, there's please, that. get so, agent, manager, business, oh, manager. Yeah. there's so many expenses. That I and then the government. Like, yeah. I'm getting such traction about my new HBO uh, Max series called Equal, about unsung queer heroes. Yeah, Beautiful. Yeah. But it was $650 for a day, and they shut all my scenes in one day, and people don't get that because they see it on TV, and you're like, 10% yeah. agent, 10% manager, 5%. It's a, it's a whole thing, and and um and I, that's why So I one of my biggest passions was when I was working in um, radio, um, you know, a gay station or LGBTQ plus station, I was really discouraged because it's a corporation, it's corporate America, that they didn't yeah. want to play or have add-in rotation indie artists. I think mm -hmm. that's a miss. I think your songs, your music sound like if I didn't know, you know, <laughs> that you weren't some signed artist who had done the VMA 16 times, I wouldn't know you're you're the caliber yeah. you produce is so good. So how can we shift that as a society? Like, how can we talk to queer media spaces and encourage them that pride should not be the only place we get to hear these insanely talented artists? Um, I think, it, like I said earlier, I think it starts with you being brave and speaking out on it on TV is so powerful. When you say something, if you think someone's not listening, but a lot of people are listening and reposting and sharing that same sentiment, even if they're not crediting you on that sentiment. I think the more you speak out and like, I think Ryan Murphy said, you know, if you hide in the dark, then you're not protected by your community, Ooh. right? Like he said that in the in the, the se season three of the coven, he said that, he's so brilliant. But um, yes. I think it's the same thing. It's like when you don't speak out and you silence yourself, it's really hard. In the beginning of this whole pandemic, like I remember thinking like, Oh my God, like, I don't even know how I'm going to shoot anything or I don't even feel inspired to write. Well, I don't know what happened, but like, we just kept going. Me and Arno Diem and my boyfriend, Derek Caldera, it was like the dream team, just us three. And then I reached out to a couple, like my friend Art Khan styled me for one of the things, like virtually styled me. Like I showed him what I had in my, my closet and he was like, yeah, yes, that looks good. No, that looks, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it was kind of cool to know that we can actually work like that. It was yeah. eye-opening. And so we put out, you know, we did Sorry. I did Two Colors with Jacqueline Lord. Then I did um boomerang after that and then i did kingdom more recently and Great. it just for me it wasn't about like getting signed again or i hope someone notices me but it was literally like my only savior for my mental health like i yes. had to i had to do something and then i learned how to record in my own apartment in my own bedroom i learned how to do that like which was so dope for me because i'm like i never wanted to do that so it's just been you know as bad as this year has been and i know we've lost so many lives and stuff but we have to keep pushing forward and the only the only way you can is just to continue to doing do what you love to do 
Um, I, I mean, the same way that you've done it. And, ver and yeah. the way we do live streams every week, you do them every day. Like, it's nuts. Like, I and know. it takes so I much mean, out of you. I get so sad sometimes. Thankfully, I only perform once a week on Mondays, but like, it's it's crazy. And, you know, as well, you were doing, you know, you were doing every day, I thought, for a minute. Every single day I'm live, I only perform on Mondays. I, I think oh, I was doing it. Monday, Thursdays, like a show on Thursday and just like a human jukebox on Monday. I, I got rid you of the like show. like a candle just, at both ends. Yes, and I just, yeah. But know. as an indie artist, how does, how does all this happen? I think you kind of just tackled it, but like, how does this happen without a label? It's just, you're beg borrowing and stealing, just, you know, asking for, because a lot of people see the after and they assume, ooh, she got coin. She'll no. pay a million people to do all this stuff, but that's not really the way it goes down. I got to say, there's two things that have gotten me through this pandemic and through the financial aspects of this. One has been my videographer, Arno Diem, has been there, been super supportive and has worked with me and my budget. I know he is ridiculously talented and can charge so much, but he has been, he has been, he's like a brother to me. Um, and he believes in my talent. That's the first thing. The second thing is I'm able to do all these things because of my live streams every, every Sunday. That's I right. have so many generous people that donate. Mm -hmm. I have, I have regular people that are like, Hey, listen, what's your next project? Can I be a part of it? Even if it's only a few hundred dollars. And then I say, well, you know what? I want to offer you producer credit on that or executive producer credit, depending on what you're contributing. But really Love at it. the end of the day, but, you know, the live streams, everyone contributes, whether it's 10, 20, 30, up a thousand, whatever it is, like people, that money is being dumped right back into my art. And, and I just want to say for the record, like you see me in Mexico, I'm working a part-time job for a, well, it's now it's full-time, but I'm, it's, it's a remotely part of full-time job with the company, Mr., which is a prep company. And oh, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm literally <clears throat> not just at the beach all day. Like I'm on my computer from nine to five, sometimes nine to six. And we're, you know, helping make people's lives better by advocating them on HIV and how to prevent it and how to, you know, be careful with your body. So I, you know, perception is everything, right? And social media has a tendency to do that, but I'm not out here just like, yes, thank you for your money. No, I'm I know like, because I you know, know like you it's not text. I'm like, oh, he's at work. Yeah, um, uh, yeah. So how literally you, how how has been performing there? You do um a great virtual show uh, with Encanto, which is a, a cabaret space in Puerto Vallarta. I have like I didn't even need to drag just inform my 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 Facebook crowd to come support you Sunday nights. I believe it is at Encanto. Um, you've you how is how is the tone for what's the vibe for artists who are down there who are fearful of their future because many of them you know like me and you tour the cabaret circuit yeah. and we go there for the winter and this year i'm not going to be there but what's the vibe down there like for you and the other artists well i only did a, a couple of shows at encanto because i'm only here for a limited amount of time and i also mm -hmm. like i said i work so that has uh kind of, I'll come back again, probably for New Year's and hopefully I can have the honor to be on their stage again. But the vibe everyone, for everyone here, and it's kind of sad because we, you know, we, I came here, everything was kind of open and then the government shut it all down again, much like other parts of the world. And so everything has to shut down by 8 p.m., including tonight. So, and it's already way past 8 p.m. now, but um, so all the performers now have been moved to like 5 p.m. slots, which is a little bit of a different vibe when the sun's full out and you're at a bar you know, it's, it's not the same thing. Um, yeah. So a lot of people are struggling and the pay is not the same down here for a lot of the local artists. And it just sucks because, you know, we went months for being locked down here in Puerto Vallarta and then it opened back up and people were like, oh my God, like 
you know, now we can get people to come and then bam, it shut down a week and a half after we got here. So the vibe is very like, can this be over yet? <laughs> yeah, like the I hear the you. World. So listen, and by the way, if you're watching this live stream right now, I'd like to let you know that there are, uh, we're going to be taking your questions uh, in just a couple minutes here. So you can go ahead and type those into the comments section and, and yeah. I'll ask David everything you want to know. So Boomerang, um, you released that and then Kingdom. Uh, can you tell a little, little bit about the, both of those? I mean, so many people are familiar yeah. with Beautiful. I think one of the most beautiful, pun intended, um, uh, <laughs> things was to actually... Thanks have you sing that song somewhere i can't remember where we were and look out into the audience and people knew the lyrics and that that's, was like yeah, crazy to, to me, me like hearing your friend's song on the radio for the first time yeah that it, that was the first moment since american idol when i released that that i was like oh my god this is this is so cool and i remember the first one of the first tweets i got was from my friend Todrick hall and he was like beautiful message loved all of it it just it feels good to get uh, encouragement from your peers. So, yeah. um, but your other question was bu uh, Boomerang and Kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. So Boomerang was actually written by my good friend, Trent Park and uh, Davis Brown. They had sent me, Trent had sent me a song and he said, hey, listen, like, if you want to drop like a summer bop, let me know. And I heard it and immediately I was like, this one's really well. We're playing it now and board. so everyone's you're watching playing it now. as you're talking about it. So Yay. They're watching and it. So, so then I was like, well, how do I shoot a video during a pandemic? that doesn't look boring because the song is anything but boring mm -hmm. and so i got a few of my friends that were already quarantined with me in this tight circle mm -hmm. and uh we shot it in palm springs we all got drove it to palm springs my my good friend um let us use all of our um all of our houses or all of his houses and we shot it there and it was a long like, all his houses hour... we have different kind of friends like my uh, friends are like me no, and listen, you were like listen, hustlers david, i need to know your friends because david friends david rios houses. No, no, no. They sure do, Jay. Don't start with me. Uh, David <laughs> David Rios, he's a real estate agent, and he has um, a few houses in Palm Springs that are just gorgeous. I think are, I know David are, Rios, by the way. Yeah, you probably do. Yeah. yeah. So I, I met him through my roommate, DC Kenneth, and um, we met at, literally at like a party at my friend Katura's house. And I was like, I want to shoot this video. And he was like, oh, well, just come use my house. And I was like, but also I have people that are going to drive out. He's like, they can stay at my house. I'm like, oh, my God. The blessings upon blessings that have come so unexpectedly have been overwhelming. So we shot it in a 16 hour day. It was so hot, like 105 degrees, dry heat. You know how that feels. Yeah. Shot the whole video. By the end of that day, I wanted to pass out, but it came out so cool with the dancers. And I learned like a one eight count, which is unheard and of you, for me. And you killed it. You, honey, I killed the eight count. I was trying so hard. What but. is it, Kendon? <laughs> What's the name again? Hamden. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, but no, so it was cool. And and that was, you know, that was the beginning of like, I think, opening my mind, not opening, but like changing my mindset to, to be yeah. like, you know what, things, things aren't so bad. You have all this love around you. I had Michaela out there. I had, you know, so, so many, so many great friends of mine that I didn't think were going to be able to show up and they made it. So I love and, it. And then we, and then, yeah. And also just furious. I was not asked to be a part of it. Um, no, <laughs> Pride celebrations have been happening um, differently this year, either virtually or they've all been canceled. So um, I guess my question is, what do you miss most about those experiences? It's kind of different for us. I host a bunch of Prides and I'm fortunate enough to perform at some Prides. And mm -hmm. But it's a real specific, it's different than attending when you're performing. Yeah. You know, it's a, it it's a, it's a different beast, and and so I guess you know, like real talk, like what do you miss most? 
I, what I miss most about prides is how every, every single time I do one, the crowds get younger and younger and I see more heterosexual couples with their babies coming out. And I feel like the world's actually changing. And I feel like it's a love fest and, and nobody, there's no one there that's malicious or wants to cause harm or wants to spew negative comments. And it's just, I mean, if you have never been to a pride, like you have to go, I don't care what gender or what sexual orientation you are. It's just it, literally, I, I, I remember doing one in Boise, Idaho four years ago, and it was right after Pulse. I literally was crying on stage because when I came out, the roars were crazy. And I knew the roars weren't all for me, but they were for the fact that we were still standing and supporting. Yeah. And no matter what someone has tried to do to diminish our community, we were still there like, you know what? Like, fuck you. Like, we're going to do this no matter yeah, what. Yeah. yeah. And so that, I, that for me, that's what I miss about Pride is that, that like, ugh, that feeling of like, yeah like we're all here yeah. together my faces are painted and like we have pride things on like girls like boobs are out with like tape all over them like i don't know just like a, it's a cool experience well um i just want to take this moment to say that you know if you're watching this right now and you feel inspired by this conversation and you know david's music or you've seen it and you want to support queer artists lgbtq plus artists please please start you know taking the impetus to calling your local radio stations or the lgbtq plus radio stations you know of and letting them know that you, the audience, would really be open to hearing uh, music from people like David Hernandez. You know, um, yeah. after so many years of what we experienced in the suppression, you know, and you know this, that I, you know, I had um, an artist development deal at uh, Epic and mm -hmm. another one at Columbia uh, during Queer Eye. And it was in spite of the fact that I was gay, it was it was a non-issue because I was already out so hard. And unfortunately, due to the management I had, it all went down the, the, the drain because they didn't want artist development for me. And I feel like that's what I'm thankful for the past 15 years. I've grown and developed and I know who I am. I have a point of view now. But yeah. this industry that, that you're in, the music industry, mainstream music, do you think that after years of suppressing LGBTQ plus voices, that there has been a shift? Do you feel that? Yeah, absolutely. You look at the major artists and even the indie artists, there's been so many that can now use the correct pronouns mm. for their lives. And I think that's powerful. Sam Smith, yeah. his new album, I, I love his new album. And I loved his last album. And I love Troy Sivan. And I love Ricky Martin. And I love so many other, I love my friend Gaddison. Like, I mean, there's so many artists that, are now getting a voice because of social media, whether they're signed or not, mm -hmm. um, that I think is so special. And I'm so grateful to live in a time like this because, you know, 15 years ago, it really wasn't the case. Yeah. So um, I'm just going to ask you some rapid fire questions. Just some oh, silly ones. Shit. Just okay, silly ones. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. What do you have on your pizza? Ooh, I'm basic when it comes to pizza. I love pepperoni and cheese. Okay. That's it. I, I'm not a fan of like the bell peppers and the onions. I'll eat them. In like a drunken moment, but it has. I just like pepperoni. Um, what What is your favorite uh, cocktail, and what's your favorite non-alcoholic drink? Cocktail. I love a good bottle of red wine. Okay. On the weekday, and then on the yeah. weekend, I kind of tend towards more of a tequila moment, tequila soda, or a spicy margarita skinny. Yeah. Um, that. So those are my two. Those are my two. Okay. Non non-alcoholic. I would say. Ooh, I love like a, like a, like an org, like a real, a fresh made, a fresh made, 
oh my god why am i why am i drawing the blank now not not tangerine I but know. um i was like and he's doing this i'm like what's the what's this you know what tangerine juice works let's do that tangerine but any, any kind of juice that's fresh made and we've had so many of those in, in puerto vallarta that I, i'm mm -hmm. obsessed and they're not okay. that, like no sugar they have like the pulp in them and i just i love that okay um and then uh what would you say would grapefruit be... grapefruit sorry grapefruit juice that's grapefruit juice got it got oh, it yeah. got right. it got it um and um what is your your favorite um if you had to like pick your favorite thing to wear is it a certain color are you a jeans guy are you a shorts guy are you a tank top guy what's like your like go-to iconic david hernandez look i i think most people would agree it's a tank top i like being as naked as possible it's just freeing you know i don't really wear underwear i wear jeans and uh I tank top. like i yeah I don't, no it's a new thing it's happened in like three months the oh, last okay. three months Mexico. But it, but it, yeah, it's Mexico. You have to care like for your just, WAP, guys. You have to care for your WAP. Um, well, and also, yeah. like, you think about the money you spend on underwear, right? And, That's true. You know. That's real. That's real. <laughs> but no, so that I would say people think my tank tops are most the most, like, um, uh, common thing for me to wear. Expected. Okay. And then I'll shift That's to why I did this more. today, because I was like, I'm going to impress people today. I'm going to I'm gonna wear a tank or a, a college I, I'll, I'll shift to this, uh, uh, this question. I know that you have a lot of people around you who are so supportive and are um, just uh, part of what fuels your fire. Um, who, who in your, who in your family um, do you look to, or your friends circle, your family of choice? Who, who would you say has been um, kind of, you know, your rider outside of your boyfriend? I know your boyfriend, but uh, you know yeah. your family. Someone that has really been there for you. Um, you know, being an out gay person who's gone through everything you've gone through. Um, yeah. who, who's your person in your family, if you have one? Um, God, that's such a hard question because both my parents are incredible. And, you know, I have my dad's girlfriend who's also amazing. And then of course, of course, of course, my mom is like my best friend. And my mom, my mom, I would have to say my mom and my dad are both incredible, but my mom was the first person who allowed me to really be me. I mean, I was like six years old and I wanted to dress up as a bumblebee, I remember. And I, it was like yellow tights and the bumblebee outfit. And I came home from, from school that day and I remember preschool that day. And she and I was crying because all the kids teased me and she was like, baby, you can be anything you want to be. And that has always just stuck with me through my whole yeah. life. Um, and, and more recently, like I want to, not recently, but like 10 years ago, my dad and I have become really, really close. And he has a new, um, a girlfriend, soon to be wife, who's very spiritual, believes in God. And always, we always have these pep talks with each other that are incredible. And I think that I've been able to open her mind to LGBTQ community as well. And mm -hmm. so that's been a really rewarding relationship for me. Um, but yeah, and then my late grandmother. So there's so many, I, I don't think there's one person attributed for it, but me and my mom were like ride or die growing up. We were always just her and I before my sister was born. And it was just like, my mom, if you ever meet her, she is she is unapologetically herself. She's feisty. She's, I've met your mom. I, I oh, that's right. That's I, right was, I was literally queuing that question up, hopeful that you would say your mom, um, because yeah. I just think she, first of all, A, she looks like your sister. Um, she does. Yeah, she does. She They're does. both gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, she's gorgeous. That. But also she's just, uh, I think seeing your mom at a gay bar was, you know, <laughs> that was for me yeah. just something that I don't think I'll ever experience in my lifetime. But it was yeah. like, it was a beautiful moment of uh, not tolerance, full blown acceptance of yeah. the fullness of who you are. Not because she was at a gay bar, but it was also an open mic night and just 
seeing someone's mom appreciate yeah. and relish in uh, the beautiful gift that is your voice was just like, wow, it was such a, a crazy moment. And I want to end this little rapid fire with, you know, um, they announced your name or you, you're being sent off idol. What would David mm -hmm. now say to David then? Oh my God. I would like, baby boy, you are more than enough. You are fine. If you even knew what was ahead of you in the next 15 years, you would just go back to your dressing room, pack up your stuff, give everyone a hug and go home with a smile on your face. 100%. That's not what happened. <laughs> but I just what did crying, happen? You know, I, I, oh my God. I went, so I was just like, I was like, people thought I was mad, but I really wasn't. I was trying to stop from crying on television. So I went back to the dressing room and my mom was already blowing me up. And I answered, I think it was like a Motorola Razor at the time. And I was like, hello. And she was like, it's okay. And I was just like, ah! and all the security guards, you know, were around me and they were just like, oh God. And I was like, ah, <laughs> uh, uh. I couldn't catch my breath, honestly. And yeah. finally we taught her and I were both, we both could catch our breath. And we, we finally, we talked each other down and then I hung up the phone and then I got my stuff and I went back to the hotel. And then I think I had a flight out the next, I don't know, the next couple of days or something. But then I went right back and I, you know, now I've been in Hollywood for how long? So it all worked out, but you know, we all, I wrote a song called Dear My Future Self because I always hate looking back and being like, well, what would you tell yourself? Because that's too late. But like, what would you tell your future self? I think is, yeah. to, let's get let's get ahead of the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I love that, that's beautiful. And um, you know, you and I have both had, you know, real tricky upbringings and, yeah. and, and tricky times and, we didn't have the internet at the palm of our hand. You know, there was no iPhones when we were kids, but there may be kids watching this now who know exactly yeah. who you are, who see themselves uh, reflected for the first time in your music. Yeah. And uh, what would you say to these kids who like, you know, maybe they don't, they can't reach out, whatever, but you know, if they're at home, they can't even go to school and be with their, queer friends there with family who maybe doesn't see them or it's not even safe to be out but every night they listen to beautiful and they feel seen what's your message to these kids be first of all you're not going to make me cry right now <laughs> i'm not trying to you're going to um that's a really hard question for me because i don't like i don't like to to tell people like it'll get better or just hang in there. It just feels too trite to me. Um, the thing that really, I don't, that's so hard, Jay. The thing that really has worked for me throughout my life is, is fantasizing about like what could be. I've always been a dreamer. <laughs> yeah. And to know that I was going to get out of the little town I grew up in. And I believe that within myself. It wasn't always easy for me. But I looked at other artists that I knew were queer or verging on queer, like George Michael or so many, you know, yeah. Ricky Martin. Like there's so there's so many, I can't think of all of them now, but I looked Boy at them George. and I was for yeah. George, um, David Bowie, um, yeah, Elton John. I mean, there's so many. And I, I would just look at them and think like, well, why why not me? Like they, they weren't the quintessential idea of what a pop star should be, but, but for some reason, people gravitated towards that, which meant that there was still love and acceptance and hope for all those things. And it just motivated me. So what, I mean, what I really do say to people, I was asked this question 
I mean, like six months ago in an interview, like, what would you say to your kid, to a kid in the middle, like they say the Midwest or like a small little town? Like, I always say, I, I do say hang in there sometimes, but also as soon as you can get out, get out. As soon yeah. as you can get out, get out. Like there's yeah. so many other people in the world that are part of your community that you can find. And you might not see it now within these confines of your world, but there are people in these other bubbles, right? Yeah. That are so accepting and let you flourish and don't give up and, and don't think about taking your life as an alternative or you know, any anything, drugs, alcohol. And what you did was dream big, ha big, dream big and know that we are here waiting for you, you know, to yeah. like push you out of line to get a drink at the bar because we're older. Um, I, I hope that, I hope that people find that. <laughs> I hope that people find that one person in their life, whether it's a family member or not, it doesn't have to be because sometimes your family is the ones that you choose. Yeah. But I hope you find that one person in your life that believes in you and you hold on to them for dear life. Yeah. Because they're the only cheerleader you will ever, ever, ever need. Like you don't need all this. You just uh -huh. need that one person to help you get out of where you're at. Or well, to David, we got some. Be. We have some questions from our okay. audience, our virtual audience. Um, I'll jump to this one. But do you have a drink near you? <laughs> I I have a little glass of wine. That you I'm might want to just have a sip for this one. Okay, hold on. Okay, I'm already tearing up right now, Jay. Why are you doing this to me? All right, because I love you. Okay. I love you too. Ready? Okay. How do you feel about that? I didn't ask this. How do you feel about Perez Hilton now? Do you hold any animosity toward him for outing you? I'll start. I do because I think outing someone is absolute and utter BS. Um, and, you know, I, I just personally feel like it was the wrong most disgusting thing and putting people's live or security at risk is 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 trifling but i wasn't in that situation you know i, I all the things i did to come out i kind of just blamed it on the work i'm playing this character but also i am this character that's me how do you feel about the press situation now well i always say this hate harbor hate harms a vessel that carries it more than the vessel it was intended to harm yeah. so the more the more that you hold on to that the more it eats you alive. One thing I will say, and I'll, so, cause it's a double thing for me, but I ran into Perez Hilton at a, it was like some red carpet party. And I remember getting drunk and screaming at him from across the room with my best friend. And she was holding me back and I was like, F you for ever saying all Good. of that. And like, you did this and you're a shitty human. And I remember doing that and I, he looked over at me and he had like his little team and you just started laughing and I was like, yeah and so years <laughs> years later i'm like i don't operate that way anymore just because he probably didn't even know what the hell was going on i mean he moves on from one negative subject to the next so quickly you know he doesn't realize the disruption he's leaving his past so to answer the question is like no i don't i don't harbor any hate for him anymore i really hope that he's found a good place for himself but i don't i i hear that he has found god and all that stuff and that's not even about that for me it's like just be a good fucking human. Yeah, um, into that I'd be like, where was God that. hiding? I don't know where God was hiding. Uh, um, mean... Hey, so what about your, this is another question. <laughs> and that question was from Zachary Robertson, by the way, who- uh, Hey, Zach. One of the one of the Jaybirds. Um, uh, do you still connect with any of your idol alum? Yeah, Michaela Gordon, Blake Lewis. Wait, Hayden who's that first person? Who's the first one? Mc yeah, I just text. I honestly, my our big thing is Michaela and I text over Kamala Harris, 
who the any any les any L word viewers, um, apparently she looks like Bette Porter, which is Jennifer Beale's character on the L word. And oh so I was at the I brought Michaela to meet Kamala a year ago right now at the Abbey because I knew she was doing a walkthrough unannounced and Michaela oh, did everything short of humming her leg um, because she was so enamored <laughs> with her. So when she got nom when she was the, the VP pick, I, I did message Michaela Gordon. I was like, you know, we did this um, anyway. But that's, who that's amazing. Michaela, a bunch of the other. I love me. Anyway, is it uh, all your season or is once you're an idol? No, are you no, all no, connected? I, no. We're all connected. We do so many gigs together. Once you get done, you get booked on so many. Like, God rest her soul, Nikki McKibben. She just yeah. recently passed away. Um, again, Michaela, but then Brandon Rogers. I've done shows with Rudy Cardenas. I um, got Effie Passero as my singing partner. We have love, a group together. I love Second Effie, Hour. Yeah. Um, God, there's so there's so many. I can't remember them all right now. But yeah, the answer is yeah. I do connect with all of them. The ones that have been really closest to my heart um, have been definitely Michaela over the years. Effie, yeah. um, Bonzel Solomon, Trinice Cobbins. There's so there's so many. I love, it's just I love you know Trinise. you share that experience. It's really you know, it's a, it's a, yeah. it's a rare experience to share. With I gotta only, tell like, you, I wish the Queer Eye moment was like that because there's ten of us total if you count just my cast and the new cast, and that's not even yeah. Queer Eye for the Straight Girl or any other the countries. But um, I wish that we, I wish our tribe would take a page from the Idol book because I think we're stronger together. But someone's yeah. asking, what what is your favorite song to perform? I know your songs are probably like your babies. But do you have a favorite and, and why? I get tired of everything. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I really do. That's but, from um, Sheila Clark. Hi, Sheila Clark. Um, oh, and Jennifer Ruiz asked a lot. Hi, Jennifer Ruiz. Um, yeah. Sheila Clark. So my favorite song to perform, I would say the ones that you guys really, really want to hear. Because I get tired of everything, but you inspire me to sort of to sing it again because i do the same you know and then i so I, I tend to reinvent them every time so i would say it's all coming back to me now papa was a rolling stone um another one would be probably uh tennessee whiskey i don't know just stuff with like soul in it like i love soul yeah music. yeah well you also add soul where the original artist may have lacked it you definitely infuse <laughs> yeah. it in your version which i appreciate and um uh so, uh, I'll end with this one. Um, this one is asking, do you have any advice for someone struggling to come out? It was, it took you a minute and you, you did it in your own terms. So like, I guess, uh, do you have any advice for someone struggling to come out? Well, my, my coming out story really fast was I was, it was my first boyfriend. We dated for two years. My family knew nothing about it. I lived a completely double life. And when I, when we broke up, I called my mom and I was like, mom, my heart's been broken. And she was like, well, what's her name, baby? And I said, Shane. And she was like, oh, okay. So that was my coming out story. And then after that, it was like, whatever, David's gay. But um, my advice would be, again, like I said about being in a small town, is like, find that one person that really supports you and loves you and tell them. Because I know it hurts to hold all that in and not be really who you are. Yeah. Um, and that's just the first start. And if you're in a position to where you can fend for yourself and you know pay your own rent and your own food and stuff, then then just be unapologetic about it. You know, if you want to tell your mom, mm -hmm. I would say do it in a way that's like, you know, graceful. I mean, it's not like you have to be like, and F you, like I'm gay, you know, you right. know, you can have a conversation depending on everyone's, everyone's parents are different though. Yeah. And I always say to people so. like, as long as it took you to figure out 
um, your own journey and your own identity, allow yeah. some grace and some time for your parents to also have their own coming out experience because they have to go through, I thought I knew my child and I still do, yeah. but they're sharing something that is catching me off guard and now I need to adjust. And that but takes time and growth and patience. Um, also give yourself some grace too, because the feelings you're feeling might be kind of immediate and you don't know how to articulate them. And so yeah. you can just give yourself a minute to sit with yourself. Like there is no rush in this, you know? You can you can give yourself some grace and some some time. Um, so I don't see any more questions from the um, legitimate from the, from our producers. Um, but I will, I saw one that I that actually really sparked my curiosity, and that's from Robert Santiago, another Jaybird. What's up, Robert? Who said who says um, what reactions did you get from the judges upon your exit from Idol? That I'm curious about too. Did any of them Ooh. ever? Because I've seen the uh, um. Uh, uh, Lithgow, Simon Lithgow, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came, yeah. I was at a Funny show. Funny story about I, him. Go ahead, keep well, going. He, yeah, go, but it, like he was at one of your shows maybe a year ago, right? And I sang yeah, at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, that was really cool. That was a full circle moment because him and I had a really contentious relationship. I had oh. ideas for song selections and for arrangements that I think were not in his, they kind of they kind of surpassed his, his mental ability at that time. I was, I was looking to, to do some other stuff with him that I would really have, would have fit my voice, which was the most important part. Uh, and when I got off the show, he wanted me to do the finale, but then I got booked on this. Or he wanted me to know that it was like a day before the finale and I had to fly back. And it was like a $3,000 show. And at that point I had made no money on the show. And I said, listen, if I can't do the show, I can't show up to the finale. And mm -hmm. he was like, fine, David, that's fine. And then two days later, the whatever his secretary called and said, Simon said that's fine. Or I'm uh, sorry, uh, Nigel said that's fine. Go ahead and do the show. Fly back for the finale. So it was very contentious during the finale. After the finale, him and I didn't really connect until the show that you performed at with me. And he said, I'm so sorry if I was ever not nice to you. You're very talented. You sound more beautiful than ever on this stage. And that was you it. Did. That's all. I, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. It was. It was just a great, a great moment. And to to that answer was the first this question, yeah. also, go ahead, go go ahead. No, 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 no. Oh, so then um, when I did get voted off the show, he didn't say anything to me. This was, you know, uh, was contentious. But then Paula was always so sweet. Gave me a big hug. We're still friends to this day. Oh, you but mean Miss Abdul? Miss Abdul, yes. But Simon, surprisingly, was the most sympathetic person backstage he get he was the first to give me a hug and he said he said david just so talented oh, i know you will <laughs> and i, I think you're, i really think he meant that the persona he, he played on stage was so different than who he really was and that just you can see by all the things he's done and the groups and artists he's discovered like he really is a genius um and so i just you know that was cool so that's the judges reactions to me including nigel that's fantastic well david thank you so much time uh thank you so much for your time because i know that you're working and uh, it's a little later than it is uh, where you are than it is for me uh, here in Los Angeles. Right. I want to let all our viewers know that our next event is December 17th. Vibe with Pride is back December 17th. Please join us. And also, if you need more information about what we're doing here, just visit www.sdpride.org for additional information. Also, just so you're aware, um, SD Pride is, of course, taking any donations um, because, as you know, they didn't have Pride this year, as many other Prides did not. So if you're in a space and a spirit where you want to contribute back to the community, feel free to visit sdpride.org.
org backslash donate to donate anything you possibly can to keep the the work that they're doing uh going david i love you i miss you when are you coming back i love you i'm back on sunday oh I back on be like i've been here month. for a month and a half i know well i probably yeah. wouldn't have yeah well i wouldn't have said it as so emphatically <laughs> if i knew it was just gonna be here sunday no, just well, you can never know if my plane might crash, so it's still good to cry all the time. Oh, oh my God! Oh my God! See, that's what they're—they're they're definitely cutting that out of the repeat. Um, oh well, my listen, goodness! No, I, no, but thank you for having trying. me on the show, though. I'm honored. Well, I'm do honored you want to be... listen? Let me. Let's be honest. Let's uh, just before I want to give you a proper plug. Is there somewhere people can go to? For, let's say they want some David merch, or they want to download your music. Yeah. Like, instruct them where to go. Go to my website, officialdavidhernandez.com. You get constant updates. You get my Twitter feed. You get my merch store. You get all the videos. Everything is my my graphic designer Brady Care is amazing, and he has literally yes. laid everything out in layman's terms for everybody. So there's no need to ask any questions. Officialdavidhernandez.com. He's the bomb. That's right. And if you want to find me, I'm just at J.A.I. Rodriguez and all social media platforms with the blue check mark. And of course, I go live every day at 4.30 on my verified Facebook page. Come join me for the fun. Till then, that's it for us here on Vibe with Pride. David Hernandez, love you. I'll see you soon. Bye, love everyone. Take care. Bye.